Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. And I'd like to tell you that we have a new and improved website. It has two new features that we think you'll love. One of them is a vastly improved search engine so that when you type in keywords, you'll get a bunch of episodes really quick. The other is the ability to create a listener account. And in that listener account, you can save episodes for later listening. So you can create a kind of listening list. We think these features are neat and we think you'll enjoy them. Please visit the site today. Welcome to the New Books Network. It was almost dawn. A bird started to call from the church roof and Tara could see the outlines of her apartment buildings opposite the road. It seemed like the beginning of just another day, but she had crossed a bridge that had collapsed after her. She sat spent, her tears dried up. She had to go back home to her broken life. She had nowhere else to go. She pulled herself up and walked slowly out of the church compound. Her head throbbed with dull pain. The events of the night had triggered a migraine attack. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. And today I'm talking to Vina Rao. In Purple Lotus, her debut novel, a woman who was raised by her grandparents after her parents moved away to Dubai, has finally been married in an arranged marriage to a successful engineer. Nearing 30, she's already past the optimal age for women, and her father refused to pay a dowry, so her chances had already been limited. After the elaborate marriage ceremonies, her new husband goes back to Atlanta and leaves Tara to be torn by the community's disapproval. When three years later, he finally sends her a ticket to join him, her husband turns out to be dismissive, patronizing, and even abusive. But leaving a husband is not accepted in the closed Indian community in which Tara was raised. How much abuse will she endure before finally putting an end to it? Hi, Vina. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Galeed. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So how did this lovely book come about? Um, Well, uh, like my protagonist, Tara, I come from a patriarchal culture, and I have experienced firsthand how patriarchy can affect Uh, interpersonal relationships, and also just the way you view yourself. So it was very important for me to write about a woman who is broken, fearful, um, who is conditioned to believe she is weak, uh, like she has no control over her life, because at some point I was this woman. Um, So my own life's journey, especially in, in the past two decades as an immigrant in the American South, 
has been a journey towards self-awareness where I had to learn to overcome my own fears and vulnerabilities and embrace myself, so weaknesses and all. So this is something I wanted to explore in my novel. Um, and I also wanted to explore what abuse would do to a woman who already has a weak sense of self, who already struggles with deep-rooted abandonment fears. How would she find the courage to break free, to gently rebuild her life, um, and to find lasting happiness? Um, and secondly, I see incidents of abuse around me all the time um, in my day job as a journalist, um, here in the Indian American community, as well as the larger Atlanta community. Um, and I believe domestic violence transcends race, time, and culture. But there are some cultural distinctions that determine how much freedom a woman has to change her circumstances. Um, in patriarchal cultures, such as the one I grew up in, the burden is always on the woman to try harder, to make her husband happy, uh, just to accept her destiny. And if the victim does manage to leave, she is shunned by her community or she has to live with labels. Um, so I believe my uh, novel takes a universal theme and attempts to tell it from the unique perspective of an Indian immigrant woman. Mm -hmm. Can you explain the significance of the title, Purple Lotus, and how is that connected to your protagonist? Right. So actually, um, when I sat down to write Purple Lotus, which was in 2009, uh, almost 12 years ago, um, I didn't have a story. I sat in front of a blank uh, word document, and the first thing I typed was Purple Lotus, the title. <laughs> Um, I guess it's because uh, the lotus is uh, in uh, Indian and Buddhist, uh, Hindu and Buddhist traditions, the lotus is such a beautiful symbol of rising above one's circumstances. Uh, a lotus grows uh, in slush, in the slush, in muddy waters, but it grows unblemished, pure and beautiful toward the sun. Um, so I guess um, I knew what the trajectory of the story would be. And also the purple lotus, the purple colored lotus is considered rare and uh, it's a symbol of self-awakening. So I guess I knew what the story would be, uh, sort of, but I didn't have the story. Uh, and that, that was something I had to teach myself to write. I, you know, I, taught, I don't have an MFA or um, a writing degree, so I had to teach myself to write fiction as the story evolved. Your training is as a journalist. Right, yes. I trained as a journalist in India. Ah, okay. So can you say more about the social and religious con conventions of Tara's community? Um, yes. Um, I think this is a classic example, Tara's community. She comes from a small coastal town called Mangalore, uh, and I am also from uh, the same place. So um, I think this is a a community where patriarchy comes into play in almost every aspect, every sphere of life. Um, and that's, the, that's what you see uh, in all her relationships with her parents, uh, where the mother doesn't have a say when the father calls her to Dubai, she has to leave. Uh, the father decides that Tara would be left behind uh, because of uh, you know, school, she has to go to school. And so the mother has no say in the matter. So the Tara is left behind. And then later, an adult Tara, she, uh, once she gets married, um, and once again, it's an arranged marriage, right? Um, so an arranged marriage, uh, let me make it clear, it's not always bad. It can be a bit like a dating website, except it's your family that vets the guy. 
your parents do the background check. Um, you don't know the guy initially, but you meet and get to know each other and you have the final say in accepting or rejecting the guy. So this is how an arranged marriage works these days. But this wasn't always the case. My mother, for example, had no say in the matter. She didn't get to even meet my dad before her wedding. And I know of friends of my generation here in Atlanta who only got to see a photo of the uh, your future husband. Uh, so that would never work these days. And um, because, you know, young women these days are financially independent. They know what they want out of life. Um, so um, arranged marriage is not bad if, you know, if you have the choice to make the final decision. And also if the choice, uh, you, the, you know, if this is not forced on you, uh, it, uh, when it is not a matter of blackening your family's name when you, when you marry outside your immediate community. And that still happens here in the immigrant community here in Atlanta mm -hmm. and around the U.S. Hmm. Um, yes. So now Tara is living with her grandparents in mm -hmm. Bangalore. Mm -hmm. Why do they prevent her from playing with the little girl around the corner? Zainat, yes. Um, it's because of two reasons. Um, back in the 70s, uh, you know, Tara comes from uh, a high caste Hindu uh, family, Hindu community. So there are two reasons why she's not allowed to play with um, Zainat. One is Zainat is poor. She comes from a poor family. She's illiterate, so she could be a bad influence. Um, you know, um, Indian society is very classist, very class conscious. Uh, so this matters a lot, even now, even today, uh, even here. And I'm sure that's pretty much universal, um, isn't it? Um, but the second reason is also because Zainat is, uh, belongs to a, a Muslim community. And back in, back in the day, back in the 70s, when uh, um, you know, the scene is set in the 70s. So back in the day, Muslims were not allowed into high class in Hindu families. Um, and that's, that's the two reasons why Tara mm. is not allowed to play with Zainab. So Tara was raised as a Hindu, and much of what she learns seems important to her even as an adult. Why was she sent to a Christian school? I don't know about you, but I'm very busy and I don't have a lot of time to cook. That's why I subscribe to Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These are two-minute meals. Factor meals are ready to eat in heat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. They're flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math, and this is important. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash NBN50 and use code NBN50 to get 50% off. That's code NBN50 at factormeals.com slash nbn50 to get 50% off. Well, yes, <laughs> because Christian schools are always better. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's this tradition uh, which started early in the 20th century. You know, um, Christian uh, institutions came up with good schools all over the country. So it's a matter of prestige to send your child to a Christian school. Um, 
run by missionaries or um, by Christian nuns. But uh, that would be the uh, extent of your intermingling. Mm. It did not cross over to, uh, you know, being able to marry into the community or, uh, yeah, you could have friendships as long as they were equal to you economically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Tara's doll is lost, why don't the parents replace it? It seems like they could have saved her quite a lot of trauma. Uh, I I believe uh, it's something that never occurred to them. Uh, You know, back in the 70s, India was not as materialistic, I would say, as they are now. Um, And even just, you know, uh, the doll that Tara has lost, Pinky, it's an imported doll. Um, it's, so it's not something that would be easy to replace, I would, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe. Why, why did Tara's parents marry her off to someone that they, they really didn't know at all? Because that's what happens uh, in Indian society in an arranged marriage. Um, as long as uh, the family, you know the family somewhat, uh, you know, there are some um, connections, uh, social connections, uh, and, you know, um, a guy who works in the U.S. is a, you know, prized catch, as they would say it back in India. Uh, it mean, it would mean that uh, you are, um, you know, uh, your life is going to get better economically, financially. Uh, you're going to have a comfortable life. Uh, and that's what uh, many parents, even now, that's what they would they aim for. They look for somebody who is in the U.S. or in the West um, that would assure your daughter a comfortable life. Um, other things don't matter, of course, to them. Mm-hmm. So Sanjay is her husband. Does he have any redeeming qualities? Yes, um, redeeming quality. Uh, Sanjay has. You know, I did not have the opportunity to explore why he is the way he is um, as a writer, because, uh, you know, the story is told from the point of view of Tara. So we only get to see Sanjay from Tara's point of view. Um, right. So but I think his redeeming quality, his redeeming quality is that is that he's not an, he tries to understand her at the beginning, in the beginning, tries to get her food, thinks that she's comfortable with. Um, but other than that, I don't think he's a classic example of um, patriarchy at play. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, when Tara was a little girl, her uncle was diagnosed as schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. And um, the grandparents and the parents continue to allow her to be in that possibly dangerous situation. I wonder if you can address how that's treated, how that was treated in India, what was the situation for somebody who had mental illness, etc. Right, yes. Um, so Tara's uh, uncle's character, Uncle Anand, is based on my own uncle, Prakash. <gasps> yes, uh, who was one of the nicest, kindest, gentlest people um, I knew uh, until the, you know, he fell victim to the voices in his head. Um, so, um, although I was not abandoned, uh, none of us were as children, we got, we did get to live with my grandparents uh, and my uncle for a while, with my mother, my mother and her three children. Uh, and we got to see how, um, you know, the sense of fear 
and the sense of shame um, that uh, you know we lived with uh, during the time we not only during the time during your entire childhood it wasn't just his family my uncle's family but the entire extended family that um, somehow were influenced by his mental illness uh, so i guess the journalist in me wanted to create grounds for a healthy conversation around this topic uh, i think we need to talk more about about uh, mental illness without feeling any sense of shame or uh, uh, even fear how would you compare the communities in their addressing the issue of mental illness They between Mangalore and atlanta oh i think even here there's some sense of shame right mm-hmm. uh, about mental illness um and especially um, you know stuff like depression and anxiety nobody wants to talk about it or address it although that's changing now um but um yeah something like a psychotic illness um i think it's pretty much the same everywhere nobody wants to talk about it uh, and i think we need to create safe spaces for conversations around this mm-hmm. interesting i agree with you Uh, this was interesting to me that uh, we talked about the little girl that Tara wasn't allowed to play with, but now she gets a little older and she's allowed to go every day to play at Annette's house. Yes. What was the difference? Because Annette's also of a different religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it because she was the same class or why was she allowed to play with Annette? Yes. Um, she was allowed to play with Annette because, um, you know, yes, class. Uh, she's from an upper class, right? That's something to strive for, uh, for uh, from Tara's parents' perspective. Um, they're, you know, they're an upward mobile family. So, um, you know, Tara comes from an upward, uh, upper class family uh, economically. Uh, so that's something um, that was allowed. Even for us growing up, uh, we had... Fa- friends from all communities um as long as they were of the same status now zinat the muslim girl she was illiterate uh, and she comes from a poor family so you know that's the reason she wasn't allowed to play with them with her what if there had been children at the school that were of a different class w- were the parents concerned about that um well for one uh, tara does not have any friends um so uh, right um but yes uh, when i was growing up we were allowed to have friends uh, but once again friendships they ended at school nobody came home mm-hmm. un- uh, mm-hmm. until we grew, grew up uh, once we were in college then it was fine uh, class and uh, race didn't actually matter after that mm-hmm. can you say something about tara's neighbor uh, and about the woman who the women who ultimately rescue her i'm talking about in atlanta oh yes <laughs> well they are my favorite characters um now you have um ruth murphy and uh, dotty payton uh, the american strangers who rescue tara uh, they are based on my own um friends francis west and uh, nancy hayden who have been my rock stars my rocks through my journey here in atlanta So um it was it gave me great pleasure to fictionalize them uh, as Ruth and Dottie. Hold on a second. So are your real friends as wonderful as Ruth and Dottie? Oh, Do they they oh, even help more everybody? <laughs> wow. They're even more wonderful. Yes. Um and I met them in exactly the same I mean not exactly the same way but through the clothes closet uh, that they uh, managed across the road. That's where I met them in 2001. 
and they've oh. been wonderful. They've been really wonderful. Um, and there's one scene in the book uh, where Tara learns to drive and she fails the driving test six times. And then she gets her license at the seventh attempt. And then she goes to a pawn shop to get a car for herself, um, right? So that's something that actually happened to me. And it was you my failed friend. six times? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified, terrified of driving. And uh, for the first five years in this country, I relied on others to take me from point A to point B. Um, and then, yes, and then I, I decided to uh, learn to drive because my life was getting more difficult. Um, and that's, yeah, and then it took me six attempts. And at the seventh attempt, I got my license. And my friend, Frances West, who's been fictionalized as Ruth, um, she took me to a pawn shop and we bought a car for $650. Um, yes. And my little uh, two-door Mitsubishi Lancer, it helped me uh, hone, up, hone my driving skills in the back roads of Atlanta. And the very first time I took it uh, on the I interstate, on the I-85 interstate, was uh, to load up my car with copies of the new publication I had just found it. And Francis was with me. So yes, uh, my friends have been my rocks through my entire 20 years in this country. Wow. Now, who uh, was her neighbor? Did you have a best friend who was a, a hairdresser? No, no I think uh, Eleona, the Russian uh, hairdresser friend, um, she is bits of all my friends here. Ah. <laughs> she, yes, she's an amal amalgamation of all my friends in Atlanta. And I okay. have plenty of many, many friends from all over the world uh, who've been extremely uh, nice to me. And uh, we are a family, you know, an international family here. Mm, that sounds wonderful. Why is Tara so quick to be jealous? Yes, um, I think that has to do with um, her deep-rooted abandonment fears. Um, well, I wanted to clearly define why adult, the adult Tara is the way she is. Um, she is insecure, jealous. Um, and I think it's because of the way she grew up. Uh, her parents left her behind. Um, and But they took her baby brother with them uh, when they went to Dubai to create a new life for themselves. So that deep-rooted fear of um, you know the loss of a family, the loss of happiness, that has stayed with her all her life. Mm. Uh, and that has affected her, and it has manifested itself as... Abandonment, abandonment fears. Uh, and that, I think that explains why she feels jealous. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Vina, you used your uh, personal stories and friends in your life. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if, uh, if you're working on something new and is it, are you basing it on anybody in particular? I'm working on something new, but I'm not basing it on anybody. Um, it's once it's, uh, it's going to be set in small town Georgia, rural Georgia, and once again it's going to have an immigrant heroine. Uh, but it will talk about contemporary issues like uh, racism, uh, rise of nationalist sentiments, um, and just the feeling of uh, you know feeling othered. Um, that's what the book is going to be about, but it's still in my head. I, I, and I hope to start working on it soon, later this year. And I want to know if the title already appeared to you. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> no. Maybe this time um, I'll have a better, you know, I'll have an outline and I know how to, uh, you know, write a story, I hope. Uh, because the last experience was a pretty messy experience. It took me so many drafts and so many attempts and so much of rejection to get Purple Lotus out. That sounds about right, though. It sounds like the way it, it often is. It was so lovely talking to you today, Vina. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you, Belit. And thank you for joining me. Again, this is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been talking with author Vina Rao about her novel, Purple Lotus. Hope all of you listeners are able to lose yourself in a good book today and tomorrow too. Happy reading. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.